podcast where best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruel Tea Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me as always is Willow. So this is the first of uh, the month. Of June. Of June. So that means we have a new theme, and that theme is Till Death Do Us Part. Why? Because it's going to be cases that involve either brides or grooms that were killed on, before, or shortly after their wedding day, usually within a couple day period. Mm-hmm. Because June is wedding month. It sure is. It's like the it's like the month that everybody gets married is in June. It makes sense because, you know, no school and... It's the beginning of summer, so they have, like, the rest of the summer to honeymoon and stuff exactly. like that. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought, what's more romantic than being horribly murdered on your wedding day? <laughs> yeah. I know all the cases that I have coming up are pretty... F- I mean, every case is tragic, but whew, these are Ooh, some I wild stories. I have a few stories. that are just really... Wow. They're yeah, just and none crazy. of them are, like, popular stories. No, I have one that's made the rounds on YouTube, but I kind of feel like they've left a lot of stuff out kind of for entertainment mm-hmm. value, so I'm really digging my heels in. Good. Good. But I want to announce this is also the start of Cruel Summer. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And what I mean by that is we're going to do some new and exciting things, y'all. And I will talk a little bit about it during business time at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that if you usually don't. I have some announcements to make. But basically, we're just going to do extra things we don't normally do. We're celebrating the fact that it's summertime and, like, yeah. Mimosas and big sunglasses. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. That's why. (laughs) So, this is Willow's case. So, what are we covering today? I don't even know. We are covering um, Gladys Ricard. Yeah, I've never heard of this. Never heard of this case. Um, This is the horrific case in which the bride was shot and killed on her wedding day and the entire thing was caught on video. That's terrible. Pretty fucked up. Um, You would think this is a straightforward case. Um, It's not. It has some twists and bends and turns. They rarely are straightforward. It is a pretty interesting story. I'm kind of shocked that... This isn't everywhere. I'm I'm really surprised that this isn't like a super well known case. Like you're surprised the first time you you've heard of it. Absolutely, basically. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Gladys Ricard was born um, October 15, 1960, in the Dominican Republic. That makes her a Libra, and she like most Libran women was just gorgeous. My goodness, this woman she was just. Good beautiful um when i first saw her picture she reminded me immediately of selena a little bit i can see the resemblance yeah i just know that if like little girl me were to see her i would totally look up to her um but yeah she immigrated here in the late 1970s early 1980s um i got mixed reports on exactly when she moved up here um but she did move here with a young son and she moved to the united states um you know, just like a lot of immigrants hoping for a better life and better opportunity. And she worked her ass off. She worked her ass off and she went through college. She put herself through college. She paid for everything. She learned English when she got here. So that's impressive. 
Absolutely. Y'all, it's not, when you're already an adult, it's hard to learn a foreign language. I'm trying to learn Spanish right now, and it's Yeah, yeah, really it difficult. was so easy whenever I was a child, but yeah, now that I'm adult, old, and stuck in my ways, and brain, brain damage. and stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, she she came here and immediately started working on it, and English is a hard language to learn. It really is. For sure, I mean, with all of our slang and, and mm-hmm, like, colloquialisms mm-hmm. and shit, yeah. Yeah. Um, she ended up working for an advertising company and working her way up and doing really, really good for herself, really good for herself, really good for her son. And one day in 1992 on a New York subway, she met a fellow Dominican Republic man named Augustine Garcia. Augustine Garcia was a very well-to-do man, um, especially in the New York City area. He was known by a lot of people as somebody who was both rich and powerful and also a humanitarian. He donated a lot of time, money, resources to a lot of charities. He helped a lot of people as much as humanly possible. Um he was basically considered a like humanitarian socialite. He was well-liked, well-respected, well-connected. He reportedly had a quote-unquote open-door policy with Mayor Rudy Giuliani. That fucking hub. Oh, I hate him. I didn't want to say his name. I tried to like okay, get it out a before he barfed. A brief aside, it's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in the history of all mankind is that he was doing a pref press conference or something and his fucking like hair blackener was like melting and so it looked like he was just oozing darkness and i was like yeah hold on hold on for the sake of catharsis okay get it out do you remember the time that he farted i do (laughs) (laughs) what a piece of shit I hate that man. Control your asshole. This is literally the only mention of him in this case, but I'm just like, (laughs) y'all. Whatever. We don't like him. (laughs) I don't like him at all. Um, He also had very close ties with the president of the Dominican Republic at the time. Um, It was mixed results on like which president they were talking about but the fact that he had really close ties with any president um pretty awesome and you know it was the president of of both of their home countries so it made all of these things made him somebody especially to her um that seemed safe the community thought he was safe i Um, mean you think if somebody's a humanitarian person helping out disadvantaged people that they're gonna be cool to you right um he had a a master's degree from the university of puerto rico um he was a businessman he was a community leader he was even the grand marshal of the dominican republic uh parades in new york city wow so he was in the community's face all the time you know this kind of beacon of um you know the success of an immigrant in new york city this is like what i can do look what i can do absolute picture perfect like view of the american dream if i ever heard it thousand percent a thousand percent and so of course whenever she met this guy humbly on a new york subway and he happened to pay attention to her like don't get sparkles in the eyes hell yeah i would hell yeah anybody that's doing something for their community being kind to other people is going to win a part of my heart Uh uh-huh yeah no matter what so yeah, so it's understandable. They um, hit it off immediately, and he 
being the socialite that he was, was taking her out to these lavish parties, introducing her to people. Um, eventually, he would even call her his wife, and they never married, you know? Like, he, to the public, put on that face and mm-hmm. showed her off. And I really think that this is part of what made her stick with him because later on, yeah, she went through some really bad abuse and didn't tell anybody. Well, you got to think here for a second. I'm not saying that she should have. I'm just saying that there's, yeah, well, obviously my, my there's reasons why like, she did. Because people are all, in domestic abuse <laughs> yeah. cases, people are always like, why didn't you just leave or tell somebody? Mm-hmm. Listen, you are nobody compared to your spouse in this situation. There's a power dynamic to where you don't have any. The spouse has it. And you're going to see them doing all these things basically like a motherfucking Teresa who was right. a piece of shit, by the way. And who knows? Who knows that Mother Teresa piece of shit? No, no, we do like, know. No, no, we I'm just saying that like, yeah. like the general public does not know. No, Nobody when, really when knows I, that. I said that because to somebody once and they almost hit me. Yes. So, uh, and research it. I'm not making it up. Right. But anyway, you, you have this dynamic. And so this woman isn't going to tell anybody Absolutely. because they're not going to believe her. Absolutely. They don't believe you when your husband's a piece of shit and just plays video games all day and like farts in your face. Right. I know, I was there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I'll get into it later, but this case is um, is kind of a... It is a face of domestic abuse, and I hate to, to use that phrase, but her face is, you know, kind of used as that, and, and I'll get into it later, but this is a classic domestic abuse case that goes completely wrong because shit like this happens to all of us, and this is what happens when... And it's especially relevant right now with the Depp Heard nonsense going it's around. It's fucked up, man. It's really fucked I'm, up. I'm, I'm pissed about yes, it. Same. So, yeah. So, they ended up being to get, dating for seven years. Um, and a few years of their relationship, they were actually living together. And that was obviously towards the end of their relationship. Um, and in those seven years, like, like I said, to the m- majority of people, they looked like a quintessential couple. Um, but... And, and we really don't know when the abuse started. I can make my own assumption just like anybody else can. Most people who have been in abusive relationships can already see the pattern and, and already understand. It starts pretty much right away. Yes, yeah. exactly. And and it's fueled by the gaslighting and the love bombing and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And she had all of it. She confided in like maybe a couple friends. Um, but that was about it. She really didn't want to stir the pot with both the community and her family. You know, like she didn't want to stress everybody out. No. If it's just happening under her, she can deal with it. And I'm speaking of this through somebody who's been there. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm not wanting well, to put then, words in her like, mouth. But. Especially if you've struggled at all and you're finally with somebody, your family's right. so approving. Right. You're just like, maybe the common denominator is me. Right. Because that gaslighting is so insidious. And it's effective. Super it is. works. No matter how smart you are, too, y'all. Yes. Some of y'all sitting there thinking you're smarter than that. To I this wasn't. day, I gaslight myself because... I smart enough. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, there's no say in actually when, but it really got violent very quickly. Um, she obviously masked, masked all of this to everyone. Um, and the abuse was... Both violent, sexual, verbal, physical, monetary, utilizing money as abuse is a really big one, Um, especially in situations like this where she has worked 
tooth and fucking nail to get where she is. Every penny. Every penny has been blood, sweat, and teared. So using money as an abuse form, an abuse tactic, evil. Absolutely evil. See, that was a primary form of abuse for me was financial abuse. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Absolutely. Um... And, and and also taking her to parties and then secluding her at home. Controlling and Controlling mm-hmm. controlling who sees what and how she is perceived. Well yeah, by abusers the desperately have a need to control the narrative. Yeah, it's so the abuse can continue, so then other people will gaslight the victim for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. They they paint the mask for Oh, it you. couldn't be him. He look look at how great he is. Maybe you're just overreacting. But she's so happy. They're so happy together. Why are you complaining? Mm -hmm. Yep. I've heard this shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, she knew he was cheating the whole time. Because obviously, um, he's, yeah, he was. And eventually she ended up walking in on him. Oh, God. In the middle of the act. Again, because this has happened a few times. But this was the last time because this time it was her best friend. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, it wasn't her best friend because best friends don't do that shit. Exactly. Exactly. But it was the one woman that she trusted. That is so sad. And look. Fucking disgusting. I just don't. I've seen this happen. Like, And it's happened to me. I had a friend who did this to me. Same. Me too. And I don't get it. I Yep. To me, like, my friend's significant other is basically dead to me. They pee out their belly button. That's what I say. Yeah. They're, com- no. Mm-mm. What? Yeah, they're Kindles. I don't, yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Yep. I would never betray anybody I disgusting. care about that way. How it do you get disgusting. turned on by somebody else's love? That's disgusting. That's somebody else's. Put it down. Ugh. Anyway, so she leaves him. Good. Um. Yeah. Yes. And she... Being the strong, independent, amazing woman that she is, she takes her son and they get a different house. <laughs> like instantly she works her fucking ass off and and goes and does everything herself and says no and cuts him off. And this drives him crazy. It does. Absolutely. When you no longer like accept their manipulation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they will do things you'd never thought they'd do. She cut him off cold turkey. I'm sure the system didn't help her at all. No, they never no nobody does. Cool. Um, so, yeah. The, and something to note is that, like, he had children from another marriage. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get a clear answer on exactly how many. I think it was, like, more like four or five. Um, but he had children from another marriage whom he treated amazingly. Like, treated them like, like you know, a father should. And... Her son, he treated like absolute shit. God, that sucks. And it, and it just, you know, after everything that they worked for, after everything they've been through, to, to do that, to, I just can't, I can't hang with that. So To a baby, you know? Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, by the time this case unfolds, he's 20, but still at this point, I think he's like 10. Like, come on. Anyway, so... And people have a misconception about older children not needing as much parental guidance. And I will tell y'all right now, that is unequivocally false. Everybody needs you more. I still need a mama, okay? I have to mama myself sometimes. And I'm not a good mom friend. I just tell you to, like, quit being an idiot. (laughs) I'm I'm not a good mom friend either. I'm just like, same. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Fucked up. 
I'm fucked up too, fam. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so getting away from him, it was obviously a huge relief for them. Um, but the the fire that began to stew in the background just starts to radiate. The more happy she gets in life, the angrier and more mm-hmm. obsessed he gets. It fits the pattern. It, it does. It fits all of them. Um, he begins stalking her. I was going to ask begins, when did that start. Yeah, harassing her, coming to her house unannounced. Um, at one point in time, he left a trail of white roses from her doorway um, and, and in the Dominican Republic, um, it is their custom and belief that white roses are for funerals. I was fixing to say it is a death that wasn't flower. romantic. It was a no. death threat. Yes, it was a death threat. Fucked. And there was no actual like um, report, but there were several times throughout the relationship that he pulled his gun on her because he always carried a briefcase and he always carried a gun because he had a he had a. A carry license and everything because mm-hmm. he was, you know, in but, the public but eye. But Willow, only the good guys do it legally with the guns. Right. Why would you take their guns away? Anyway. I won't. I won't even go there right <laughs> I now. Almost, <laughs> I threw up a little bit in my mouth as I said that. <laughs> um... But, yeah, she continued to just try to, like, ignore him. And she never called the cops on him because she was just wanting to not fuel him. And also, she just wanted to have a normal life. She didn't want to continue to give him any attention. She thought that maybe if she just ignored him, that maybe he'd he'd wear himself out and stop. But... He didn't. That's not how it works. Because I thought that same shit. I was like, you know, if you just ignore it, it'll go away. Don't feed into it. No, they, right. they have unlimited energy, especially if they have resources like he has too. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and if they're not, if they don't, if they don't have anything else to distract them, <laughs> I got lucky and mine got distracted yeah, mine and got went away. Also, <laughs> um, but this one, In June of 1999, she ended up meeting an amazing man and falling madly in love. His name name was James Preston, and he was a businessman. He also was a musician on the side, and she just thought that was really romantic. Um, She was eating at a restaurant in Manhattan near her office um, where she worked at as an accountant, and he came up to her and said... I just came to bring respect to such a beautiful person. Wow. I know. I would fall for that also. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. I'm like crying, just like imagining that. Like, I, I was so beautiful. Say, Willow is now crying. Honey. <laughs> After everything she's been through, that he's just like, nice. I want to be, I want to pay respect. That's it. I just want to be respectful and just say you're beautiful. That's all. Oh, be like you may unzip it now. Oh my yeah. god, oh, I'm terrible, but you know. So, um, she was absolutely flattered because she's going through absolute hell and has been for almost a decade. Oh, and I will tell you, when you've been worn down to like dust, and then someone's just a little bit nice to you for no it's reason, like the sun breaking through the clouds after a hundred years, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there. You're just you just want someone just to a random nice act of kindness. Mm-hmm. That's all you want. Mm-hmm. Somebody pet your head and say you're pretty. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what that can do without any expectations either. 
that shit saved my life. No <laughs> joke. Yeah. Don't, oh. don't. Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah, they basically hit it off instantly. And James treated her like a fucking queen. He treated as her as if the ground she walked on was the most precious thing in the world other than her. You know, like everything she touched turned to gold and was perfect. Um, he lavished her with anything and everything that she wanted. He wanted to be by her side at all times. He wanted a family. And that's something that she always wanted from... Um, Augustine it was that she always wanted a family. She always wanted to get married. She wanted more kids. She mm-hmm. wanted to be like a, you know a mom again and and have that like that typical family life. It's all part of the American dream. She yeah, worked so hard for a- absolutely. And 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 I don't like to talk about people's looks very much, but this woman was breathtakingly beautiful. And part part of it was that she was almost thirty eight, and she was like, well. I want to look like a beautiful princess in my dress. I, I want to get this done before I, I get too ugly. And that sounds like a very vain thing. It's not. It's fun to be a pretty princess. That's well, okay. It's unfortunate that society makes it seem like you're expired at age 30 as a woman. Right. I'm sure right. had she gotten to live longer, she would have made a beautiful 50-something or 60-something. Yeah. Of course she would. Of course I she would. I actually think this is the hottest I've ever been in my life in my 40s. For I love real. That. You're not expired. You're just free from the attention of perverts, <laughs> which is nice. That's that's well said. Yes, thank well you. Said. Thank you. Um, but yeah, she, you know, after going through so much hell, it's just so pitiful to you me. You know, and she was like, she collected bridal magazines, Girl. like we all do, and like, or at least at least like I did whenever yeah, I was a kid. Say it. I no. I I had my whole wedding planned out when I was a teenager. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I had it all cut out of the magazines, and like I knew what colors I was going to use, and you know, like it was exciting. And um, and she was really family oriented. She had a million nieces. She was a girly girl. She helped them with prom, and That's you know, and cute. all that. I just stuff. think it's funny how different we were as teenagers. I was like wearing dark <laughs> robes and had like daggers and writing weird occult shit on the walls. We were collecting no. bridal magazines. I was like, I love the Backstreet Boys. And I was like, <laughs> I was really. I'm not now, y'all, because I know he's a piece of shit. But I was like. Alistair Crowley is my bae. You know, it was like, oh, wow. Oh, no, I was so edgy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they begin falling in love like instantly because they want the same things. And they're, um, I forget what his ethnic background is, but. I want to say he was also Dominican. I'm not a thousand percent sure on that one. But they had common backgrounds. They had common interests. It just seemed like two stars aligned. aligned And yes, yes, it was just perfect. And she was like, you know what? Let's fucking do this. I already know what I want. And he was like, well, you could have anything you want. She's like, bet. Here's what I want. And they were planning their wedding within three months. Oh, I love I love love stories. I know. I know. And this I mean. When you see the photos and videos of the wedding, the wedding is quintessential. It is 
immaculate. It is gorgeous. It is so beautiful. It is everything she would have ever wanted and more. There was, um, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I don't care. I'll get back to it. Um, (laughs) I'm just excited. There was on, on the wedding day, there was a Rolls Royce and two stretch limos waiting outside of their house. The whole family was getting ready at the family house. And then they were going to go to the, to the uh, church and show up like an entourage beautiful everything white white everything like just dripping in in i mean it was 1999 so i mean it was like just dripping in like like a lot of lace beads and, and lace yes and rhinestones y'all rhinestones. That's what, and big Every, hair big hair i just it was so classic it was classic beauty it wasn't over the top like no. like crunchy hairspray it was it was power oh. hair, and there is a fucking difference. Like, I hate to say it, but it was almost like soap opera style. Like, it was just romantic and timeless and beautiful. And I'm just, I know I'm going over the board with it, but I'm just. You really like weddings. I'm just so happy for her for that one moment. At least she got that. She, oh, my God. It makes me so, it makes me so mad for this case. Um, but I just really wanted to bask in that picture because that's what her whole life, what she wanted. And it was beautiful. Um, but yeah, so, um, as they're planning the wedding, they're growing madly, madly in love. Augustine is becoming more and more obsessive, more and more stalking. Um, he's boiling the closer it gets to the wedding day. And the thing is, is that she told her family, she never told her family why, but she told her family that she didn't want Augustine to find out because he was stalking her and harassing her. She didn't want him to find out what day the wedding was, or even that they were having a wedding. And it wasn't because... Because later on, there's there's shit that comes up with that, but it wasn't for any reason other than their safety. They didn't. They shouldn't want them him showing up and making a scene and or making a scene somebody. or hurting anybody. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, he stalked her enough to just put the pieces together himself. He didn't. Say, yeah. He didn't need anybody telling him. No. He figured it out himself. He watched everybody going, um, you know, to and from all that stuff. I mean, there was a million flowers. You know, like yeah. come on. Um, But, yeah, so at one point in time, um, while Gladys and James were at the home, uh, her mother was there, and um, they were just kind of chilling, just hanging out uh, prior to the wedding, and um, he shows up to the house and Gladys's mom goes outside and is like yelling at him like a mama would barking and uh and he starts getting super pissed that he can't get to Gladys inside the house that he takes a rock and throws it at the window and breaks the window and that's when that was kind of the final straw for Gladys that's when she actually called the cops good she called 911 and there is a frantic message I don't really feel like playing it because it's kind of it's frantic but um she did call the police and was basically like, y'all better get here because this shit is nuts. He's going fucking crazy. He's been stalking me for, you know, for forever. And the cops are just kind of like, Meh. okay, we'll take a look and see what we can find. You know, they'll keep an eye out kind of thing. Thanks. But yeah, so it, she did try. Um, but yeah, so... the days are coming and she's planning for the wedding. She's got everything worked out. And, um, the most beautiful wedding happened on September 26th, 1999. September 26th is going to be an amazing or an important date later on. Um, 
But like I said, the white Rolls Royce was out front, the two stretch limos. Everything was ready. And everybody was getting dressed. Everybody had those big, beautiful dresses, the beadwork, the puffy sleeves, the everything. She had a photographer, a videographer, and they were just documenting all of every little thing that was happening. They were documenting all of them getting ready and the excitement prior to the wedding. And she starts getting her, her kind of glamour type shots, getting, um, oh, getting yeah. like the, the special pictures of her before the wedding. Um, you know, she kind of like has all these poses that she's like, okay, I want to do this from like the different magazines. And then she grabs a red rose and these are really infamous photos, um, that I'll post with this, but, um, she grabs a red rose and she like, take some like kind of sensual photos with it and after that she takes some photos with her son then she takes some photos with her mother and now she's like getting ready she's like getting the bouquets it's the finishing touches that she's kind of getting together and um she begins passing out the bouquets when all of a sudden Augustine Garcia rolls up to her house. He steps out. He has his briefcase in his hand. And he looks like he always looks. He's basically a cartoon character. He's got the briefcase, the exact same suit, big-ass smile. Um, He shows up. He greets everybody. He even says, uh, like, hi, greets her brother Juan, acts like nothing's wrong. Yeah. And nobody assumes anything because the day before... He had brought a red bouquet of roses. Those were the red roses that she used in that photo shoot. I think to her it was kind of her trying to reclaim her power. As her being like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. I'm being sexy for somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to use the flowers you Oh, gave you me. wanted to be here on my wedding day? Here's you on my wedding day. That's it. That's all. That's the only part of you I want here on my wedding day. Yeah. And he kind of made it. Like, the day before, whenever he dropped off the bouquet of flowers. Um, sorry, I hit the table. Um, but when he dropped off the bouquet of flowers, he kind of meant it as a gesture, as, like, a like a peace offering. So when he showed up the next day, nobody thought anything twice, you know? He they thought maybe they, like, made up, I yeah, mean, you like, know, in a friendly platonic Yeah, sort of like, maybe he was, you know... Bygones be bygones, Yeah, showing up on her wedding day to yeah. say goodbye, congratulations. Wishes, yeah. So he walks by the brother and he says hi and he walks on through and then he walks into the bridal suite where um, everyone is getting ready. The camera is filming Gladys putting like the corsages on and getting the, the bridesmaids ready with the bouquets. And while she's doing that, he walks into the room and he pulls out a 38 caliber Smith & Wesson and he unloads five shots directly into Gladys. My God, the horror on her wedding day. I can't even imagine in front of her family, in front of her eight nieces, her children, her son, her mother, her brothers right outside the room. After he just said hello. After he just said hello. This piece of shit. Immediately came into the room 
and fucking like just attacked him they started wrestling on the floor he started like wrestling for the gun by the time he had subdued him on the ground the cops were already walking up like that's how fast the cops showed up um really proud of them for their swiftness on this case because god knows they need like advice on it for the rest of everything it's not common (laughs) um but um yeah she was pronounced dead on the scene and she was buried in her wedding dress so fucked yeah hate that yeah absolutely um so this makes but, me so mad yeah i know it it really really pisses me off because it was the happiest she's ever been in her entire life that was it boom i hope she didn't even feel nothing she saw it's oh, on video crap it's on video you can see the shockness like the look in her eyes when she saw him walk through the doors Absolute fear, absolute hysteria. I hate that. I wish she had and just not the seen entire anything. family didn't know it would have happened. Like, I wish there wasn't so much stigma behind this. I wish she, I wish that the, the environment that she lived in would like, have let the her society, tell everybody. The society at the time would have been more lucrative for her to be able to talk about this openly without having any stigma behind it. Well, y'all, there's Um, still stigma. Like, I don't know if it's any better. That's where I place the judgment. That's where I place, you know, it's all all on... This is a societal failing, for sure. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, they ended up having to fly her body out. She was buried in the Dominican Republic, uh, where she was born. Um, as far as Augustine is concerned, they immediately handcuffed him and took him to jail because, I mean, all of the evidence was there. You know, he had extra bullets in his pocket. He was armed, ready to shoot. Um, but they, he still had to take him to trial nonetheless. Um, part of his defense was that he, he spun this stupid web of, web of lies saying that Gladys never broke up with him, that that he that she let him on this entire time that he had no idea that she was even seeing anybody much less going to get married and it wasn't until he showed up at her house to visit her thinking that that's his girlfriend and walked in on you know an almost wedding ceremony it wasn't until he saw her in her wedding dress that he had this like moment lapse of hysteria i'll tell you this so Right. Well, the the trial wasn't whether or not he killed her. The trial was, was whether, whether it was or not. premeditated yeah, or not. Yeah, absolutely. And we all, come on, that's the most bullshit piece of shit story I've ever heard in my life. Well, it is because it completely unravels. Um, yeah. It, yeah, there's nothing, like, actually holding any weight on anything that he said. Um, they, okay, so he... I'm getting a little frustrated because I have to like talk about this and it's just annoying because I understand now at 2 a.m. the night before her wedding date, part of his um, uh, evidence, part of the evidence that he submitted was a surveillance video of the night before the wedding. She had to run to the store at two o'clock in the morning because she needed to get something for the wedding. I don't know what it was. It was something minuscule. I don't know. Probably some fucking hairpins or something. I had to um, do that for mine. Absolutely. <laughs> There's never enough. Um, but so she had to run to the store at two a.m. The rest of the family was like, "Well, no, you just stay. I'll go get it." And she was like, "No, I just need some fresh air. Like it's just a lot of anxiety. Like I just need to go to the store. Nervous now. energy. Okay. Yeah. Let me go do it." It's no big deal. So she runs to the store to go get whatever she's getting. 
but she's being stalked by August, Augustine. Like, there's no actual factual take, evidence yeah. of this, but the thing is, is that she walked into the store with him, so she, he must have met her in the parking lot before she went oh, into yeah, the he store. Followed her, obviously, yeah, obviously. But the video re- evidence shows him with her with his arm around her, a quote unquote couples embrace of them walking through the store, and then well, on the way out, her. exactly. We as previous victims can know this. We can see it yeah. absolutely that this is actually evidence for the contrary. Um, but he submits this as evidence for his elaborate scheme. The jury see right through it. Yeah, obviously. No, because like, and it's and it's very. I mean, because I've been in that situation. I have too. So I've scary. I've been under that headlock, and it's a headlock. It's a headlock. It's not an embrace. It's a threat. It's a fucking threatening headlock. A smile and grit your teeth, and don't let anybody in public know. Or I'm gonna kill you. Or I'm gonna fucking kill you. I know you're getting married tomorrow. If you want to see tomorrow, you'll do right. Exactly. So nobody knows exactly what was said, but the video evidence that was submitted as evidence of their romantic entanglement was actually evidence of his abuse. Yeah. Um, Miraculously, the jury saw that and he, um, yeah, was, um, he, he really tried to push the passion provocation defense Mm -hmm. the um and if and if you're listening and you don't know what that is because i've heard a lot of cases where people try to pull this one um it's where an otherwise law-abiding citizen now that's a very like key part in this particular law um because it has to be somebody with no previous records somebody that is known in the community as a law-abiding citizen somebody who's known as somebody with a very mild temper um, when a law-abiding abiding citizen commits a crime under extreme emotional circumstances, the heat of the passion that can be used as a mitigating factor in a defense attorney's action. So, yeah, he was really trying to pull on this one, but all of the evidence that he was trying to submit ended up turning against him because it wasn't just the surveillance video that ended up proving that he was abusive. It was also the bouquet of roses. He tried to use those bouquet of roses and saying like, look, I even got her a bouquet of roses the day before the wedding. Like I thought she was still my girlfriend. And they were like, no, you use that as basically a key entry the next day. She can plan it out and scope the scene. You exactly, exactly. So I think it's just really beautiful that for once the court saw crystal clear what was really going on. And, yeah, he ended up getting sentenced to life in prison. Good. Um, He got, uh, yeah, they rejected his manslaughter plea. And he was found guilty on first degree murder, was sentenced to life in prison for 30 years, uh, with 30 years of parole, if eligible, um, and they keep fighting for it. It's not, they really haven't gotten it. I think they got it diminished down to like just a basic life sentence with possibility, but I don't know. Um, they're continuously trying. I don't think they're really going to get it, but something beautiful came out of it, which is awareness in abuse, um, especially domestic abuse. Every year since 2002 on her wedding anniversary in New York City, September 26th, um, they have an annual Brides March. And this is when women who are wanting to speak out against abuse, um, whether they have or haven't been a victim themselves, they will dress in um, wedding dresses 
and protest down the streets in her name and carry photos of her as well as other victims. And it, the pictures from these marches are amazing. I looked at them, yes. Some of them are burned. I didn't victims. know they were related to this case because yeah. I didn't know about this case. Yeah, some of them are like extreme, like some some extreme victims showing up to these things. And it's just really moving and really impactful. So I left some links for that. So that way, if anybody wants to donate, they can donate to yeah. those charities and organizations. And I'll also include links for help for domestic violence. If you are experiencing domestic violence, and it doesn't mean somebody has to hit you, okay? No. I'm talking about verbal abuse, right. gaslighting, emotional abuse, right. controlling behavior, like not letting you go anywhere, mm-hmm. and financial abuse. Girl, mm-hmm. worse sir or they get Mm -hmm. out yeah yeah absolutely absolutely because domestic abuse can happen to anyone of any gender and any age absolutely and any ethnic group absolutely absolutely and nobody is short of help no you get help however you can absolutely and if and if that means that you know you need to reach out to just friends and family and maybe they can get you some some actual help you reach out to whatever resources you got even if they're few because i didn't have shit absolutely but i got out so. You can too. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is ways. And you got it. You got this. You do got this. You got this. It sucks. But yeah, there's there's camaraderie. We're here. Yeah. We've been and somebody too. recently messaged me on Facebook and asked me for my take on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. And here's my tape. Domestic abuse is an entertainment. Yes. And I'm not going to talk about it yeah. for a couple reasons. One, it's complicated. It's yeah. not... It's not a bunch of silly memes. No. And making fun of her. Yeah. Even Let's say she is mentally ill and yeah. abused him. Um, I don't know. Wasn't in their relationship. And I don't think that either case presented a good side. It was just a, you know. It was just a bunch of toxic hoo-ha. It was. So mm-hmm. I don't want to weigh in on it. I think it's yeah. actually detracting from uh, advocacy for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to say that men can't be domestically abused. That's a stupid thing to say. Absolutely. It needs just as much attention as women, too. But let's face it, y'all, it is disproportionately women and women of color. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. So you can take those messages. And this was given to me politely, Sam. It does not apply to you. But anybody else, take it and instead of sending it, shove it right up your butt. (laughs) You don't want it. Speaking of butts, do you want to do business time? I want to do business time. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey. Our Patreon uh, promotion has ended, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be a patron because mm-hmm. we're going to be doing these surprise whenever we feel like it, whenever we can. Mm-hmm. But our little mm-hmm. giveaway has ended, and so our 25 patrons will now get a little present. Right. But you know what? We're about to get with our 100th episode. I know. I'm so excited. So I'm going to do a promotion for our 100th episode. It's going to require you to go on the Facebook. Mm. I want you to go on the Facebook. I want you to like our Cruelty Podcast page. Of course, there's links to all this in our link tree in the description box of this episode. I want you to share the giveaway post. And then I'm going to pick your name out of a hat. And what happens if you win? Well, golly, you're going to get a prize. And what's that prize? I don't know yet. Something really rad. Mm -hmm. But... It'll be cool. Just keep up with us. We'll have details. We will have details. Or we won't. It'll be a surprise. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you are wanting to know more about our Patreon, I'm going to tell you real quick what the perks are. Number one, there are no ads. You may have noticed we didn't have ads for a while. Then we had ads. Then we didn't have ads. And we're back to having ads. That's just how the cookie crumbles. Yep. And we will have ads now forever. It will never not have ads. If you think ads are lame, 
which they are, but we got to pay the bills, then join our Patreon. Yes. There are no ads on any of those yes. episodes. In addition, mm-hmm. you get an extra episode a week that is patrons only and will never be for everyone else. You'll have access to our VIP room and our Discord and a private Facebook group where you can submit case ideas and talk to us if that's what you want, which is a mystery why anyone would want that. But, you know, hey, <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> that's my imposter syndrome talking. <laughs> We're just like, oh, man, today sucked. Did it, today suck for you? Nope. I'm like, I'm still awake and it's 5 a.m. Every now and then we're like hi <laughs> we just like wave <laughs> with a stupid gif yeah. yeah but the more people are in there the more fun it's gonna yeah, be absolutely. so yeah patreon.com slash cruelty and what's cruel summer i'm gonna give a little hint but i don't want to give too much away because it's just like the start of it mm-hmm. but basically all summer long i'm going to bring in guests and we're going to do some fucking interviews yes. we're going to try and bring on guest hosts as well mm-hmm. as interviews mm-hmm. and we have other podcasters that we mm-hmm. We're looking at you. Mm-hmm. We are. We're mm-hmm. winking suggestively, but not in a sexual mm-hmm. way. We'll have some giveaways. We're going to have some more giveaways. Some prices. Probably once a month Yep, during mm-hmm. the cruel summer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some t-shirts and shit. It's going to be also, a good time. We're going to be adding on to Patreon. We're going to have another tier coming up here pretty soon. We will so. have another tier, which mm-hmm. is going to be really fun and kind of unique. I don't think anyone else is doing it, but I'm not telling you what that is yet. No, I'm excited, though. I am excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But first of all, and, and like I do at the end of every episode, so it's not first of all, it's end of all. Uh, thank you guys so much. If the only way you can support this podcast is listening. You're well, supporting us like it crazy. Helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we appreciate yep. you. Mm-hmm. And if you tell your friends about it and, you know, if you just want to play our podcast on silent. That helps, too. <laughs> Literally, Maris said that on the Maris Monday. It's like, if you don't like me, just mute it. Yeah. And just let it I've, play. I've told people that are like, I love you, but I can't really hang with the true crime. It's real dark and scary. I'm just like, play my podcast on silent. I get the views. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so humble. So I'm sad. sorry. That's sad. <laughs> I was like, surely we're past that now. No, No, we're not. I I do it for people all the time when I have musician friends that are on Spotify and I can't listen to their music 24-7. I'll just play it. And if you're like, you know what? I love you guys, but I can't financially commit to $5 a month because I know I fucking can't. You pressing play helps. You pressing play helps. And and if you're like, but I do have a few extra dollars I'd like to give Willow and Lillian and Maris. (gasps) Why, we have a a coffee Oh, we do. And I can't, I cannot express how happy we went and got a coffee for real. that little five dollars i know it sounds little but it's a whole lot to us we went and bought fancy coffee do you know how exciting it is yeah for us to go buy fancy coffee it doesn't happen we don't have a starbucks we have a small town um coffee, uh, shop. coffee shop that's amazing but i mean we don't get to do this very often We're because poor. we do, yes Yes, we don't get to spend this type of money on ourselves. So if you guys give us $5 for coffee every now and then, we get excited and then we get to go out as best friends and have some coffee. And support a small business, which is also fucking rad. It just goes into the pockets of mamas that make awesome coffee and bakery stuff. Do you know the owner of the Holiday Island uh, coffee shop is only 22 years old? That's precious. She is so cute. Do y'all realize what your $5 does? It just makes everyone's day. It does. So anyway, thank you guys so much. As always, we love you. And I hope you're excited about this month as I am because we got some cool cases. We got some stuff coming up. We do. Check us out. Yeah. Bye. Good night.
Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production by Willie B.